This is episode 54, and we are going to talk about the episode I Do, a very Kate-centric episode, and uh, I can't do it alone. I am Mike, and I also have Corey and Steven with me. What's going on, guys? Uh, well, just got to break it to you guys. Uh, it's Tuesday, but I don't do taco night, so <laughs> <laughs> none of that here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do do taco night. I literally just had tacos. So. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you anybody else notice that when, that when he called and asked, we'll talk about this, I guess, in a second, and asked what's for dinner, she said tacos, because Taco Tuesday, she threw like a bag of burritos from the frozen section into her cart. <laughs> like, I, I actually right. I was wondering. That was like frozen food. I'm like, okay. <laughs> She's definitely not making that up. That's great. That's great. Oh, uh, listen, guys, if you want to follow us, we've said it before. You know where to find us at all over Twitter. And uh, and you can go to RetroZap.com if you want to uh, know more information about our show. And uh, and we're just going to get right into the episode tonight. And uh, and and the, on our page and in the, in the box itself will be all of our Twitter handles and everything else you can find on the show notes themselves. So check them out when you can. So let's go ahead and dig in this episode. Corey, what episode are we watching tonight? Okay, we are watching Season 3, Episode 6, I Do. <clears throat> yes, uh, very simple, three-letter title there. Uh, Kate-centric episode, I Do. It aired originally on November 8th, 2006, and it was directed by Mr. Tucker Gates, and it was written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Nice. Uh, this, yeah, a lot happens in this episode. So <clears throat> it's Kate centric, but is it really? I mean, I think so many, there's a lot of other characters. Uh, but the summary is as follows Kate desperately tries to protect Sawyer from being killed by the others. But at the same time, the others plan to use her as a pawn uh, on Jack to get him to perform surgery on Ben. So, you know, a lot of moving parts there. All right, we got some uh, episode facts. This episode marks the first mention of Jacob by name uh, when uh, Danny Pickett says Shepard wasn't even on Jacob's list. And then in Kate's flash, first flashback when Kevin shows up at her hotel room and jumps into his arms, Evangeline Lilly was so enthusiastically into the scene during one take that she accidentally knocked Nathan Fillion into the hallway wall behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we have been on this island now for about 72 to 73 days, and um, previously on Lost, as the scene where the others watch the plane crash on the island is shown, Ben tells Jack, two days after I found out I had a fatal tumor on my spine, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. As the scene where the others hold Jack, Sawyer, Kate, and Hurley captive on the dock is shown, Ben tells Jack that his plane was shot to the sun, Sean, once, ju- once Jack saw the x-rays revealing that Ben had a tumor and was dying, and Ben asked Jack, to operate on him. All right, let's talk about it. 
So uh, let, let's let's talk about Kate's flashbacks first. Um, what did you guys think overall of the flashbacks for Kate in this episode? Do you think it was a, a, a good set of flashbacks or kind of average or just these were crappy ones? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I liked it better than I remembered liking it. Um, yeah. This is all. This was never one I like. Really looked forward to rewatching um, in the past. I mean, I like Nathan Fillion. Everybody does, but just the actual story here, you know, compared to some of her other ones, I never really thought a lot of. But I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was kind of a fun little twist at the beginning, where you're, you know, you're thinking that, you know, the, the law is catching up to her finally, and you know that it. This kind of pulls a little switcheroo on you, and that's her um, soon-to-be husband. Um, yeah, you know we get we get the normal you know Kate flashbacks like to start off kind of showing her walking into new hotel motel rooms, the back of her head. You know, so kind of similar to some of the other stuff we've seen from her. Um, thought it was interesting too that you know usually Kate flashbacks uh, have a lot of Patsy Cline. And this one uh, had an Anne Margaret song instead of Patsy Cline. Mm. Thought that was kind of interesting. Well, she's trying to change over a new leaf. <laughs> no, yeah. I go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying I, I like this flashback better than I remember. I think with the Kate flashbacks, there's so much. It's always like her on the run, basically every flashback, and some of them get really elaborate. This one is is a lot more low key. There's it's a little more just kind of like character study of Kate, and she's still on the run and stuff. And so I think maybe it's not as memorable as some of the other ones. People just go, "Oh, Nathan Fillion!" Like that's what people remember about this one. But yeah, watching it, I thought it was good. I thought it was a little bit of a, a change of pace. Like yeah, she's still um, it, you know, kind of the general uh, same gist of it. But yeah, I mean. We've said it with several other flashbacks already in season three. Like they're they're kind of running out of stuff, but this one has been probably better than the other flashbacks we've had. Maybe not I, echoes, but the other ones. I I agree with you guys' assessment on this. I think it was a great. I think it was a good flashback. I I like this flashback, but I hate this flashback. I like this flashback because I think it's one of Kate's better ones. Um, it shows what Kate could be if she would just learn to kind of you know, stand still. Um, but I really hate this one because I really believe she could have had like a really good life with this guy. Um, and I genuinely believe, you know, going into kind of talking about it a little bit, I really think the marshal would have actually stopped chasing her if she had actually stayed put. But he also knew that she wasn't going to do that. Well, I mean, why do we think, she I hate it. didn't stay put. Like, is it was well, it just the the was it the pregnancy scare? Is that what they're in, in? Or I think it's in her very nature to run. Though she's always been running, and she couldn't stay still. And I think that's that's what that because e even the marshal said, "I'll make you a deal. If you could stay where you are, I'll stop chasing you." But we both know that's going to be impossible. So the whole point is, it's in her very nature to run. And uh, instead of settle down, I just I, I liked it, but I hate it because you know I really liked marriage. They really did, and um, and and 
she 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 screwed it up, man. In other words, at the same time, she should stop poking the bear. I mean, why did she keep calling again? Calling the marshal? <laughs> yeah, why? Just, why did she call the marshal? That made no guy. sense. <laughs> well, just just answer your question. Why I think she couldn't, uh, you know, leave leave well enough uh, alone there. I, I think it's just paranoia. Like she she's been on the run. She. The uh, the passport thing, like going out of the country, is more likely she's going to get caught than like having a kid. Like, what's going to happen to this kid if I do go to jail? Um, what's going to happen to my husband? He's going to be dragged, you know, through the whatever all of my lies and stuff. And then I think when somebody is lying and they're having to hide something, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys like. I, I remember like hiding things. Or like lying to something, um, lying about something to my parents when I was younger, and it would kind of like eat away at you, and it would be like more punishment uh, for yourself. And then you finally come clean, and you're like, "Wow, like that was uh, that was like a weight lift off my shoulder." Where like Kate, she can like never tell him the truth and pretending to be Monica. Like, how close can you be to someone if you're like the most basic things about your life are complete <laughs> lies? So. I think like she just hit a breaking point. It was all those things. And the marshal kind of the marshal knows how to get in her head too. So, oh man, yeah, because he's been chasing her for a while. So, I mean, do you genuinely believe the marshal was gonna was gonna leave her alone if she had stayed put? Oh no, I don't think so. He's like a hunter. He wants like to to you know get the joy of catching her. You know, and he uh, they were trying. I lost you there, Corey. Call trying to trace it, and she just she just got off it in time. So I think he was definitely going to try to track her down. I I do like their relationship. I think that their relationship kind of has this this like almost like there's a mutual respect, and it's we, like we've talked about this on the podcast before that it's not like a normal that I don't want to say there's a romance. It's not a romance, but there's like this cat and mouse game there that is interesting between the two of them yeah like they kind of care about each other in this weird way right? <laughs> I, I mean I, she I, does I, save him a couple times so i mean i'm not shipping the marshal and kate but you know what i'm saying <laughs> i i've all, i've always felt like the marshal had had a some feelings for kate other you know different than he would a normal fugitive he definitely had more interest in Kate than a than a normal than just professional. I think. I think it may have given him a challenge, though, and that's why he was so interested in her more than anybody else because she made she she made it challenging on him to try to catch her, and you know she wasn't easy. I mean, he chased her across multiple continents to try to get to try <laughs> to get her. So, you know, one interesting part of their conversation that I that I caught that I don't know. If you guys have any thoughts on what when he said, you know, he talked about being the feast of the ascension, and he said a lot of holy days have come and gone since she called him last. Like, have, have we seen anything in their their past about holy day? Like that holy no. days have somehow, or do you think that was just a weird line by him? I don't know that. I felt like that was something that kind of surprised me because I don't didn't remember hearing anything like that before well so i mean basically i mean that would 
that's like a reference to like one or both of them must be Catholic because that's what those like a feast day or a holy day for like a saint or right. something like that. So I'm not sure if Kate uh, supposedly like if Kate's mom is Catholic and she grew up with that and like maybe that's like a similar like they both know that they have that cultural uh, similarity. But um, I don't know. I think he's just like finding a way to kind of like mess with her. Um, but I, no, it, it did kind of catch it, it. I had never noticed that before. Now, I mean, we'll talk about this uh, as the seasons go on, but there is a lot of uh, Catholic and Christian imagery throughout Lost. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of the writers um, have that as part of their life. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see that. But I had never noticed the, like, the holy days, uh, feast days. It's definitely like an old-fashioned kind of thing where people... Uh, celebrate a lot of those feast days um, a lot more significantly, um, especially certain areas of the country, something like the farmland and stuff. Right. But I'm usually not aware of feast days or holy days when they <laughs> come and go. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> but my mom or dad might know. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what I really am disappointed in is that we kind of never get a closure to this story. I, I feel... I really felt bad for for Nathan Fillion's character because, you know, all he does is, you know, he gets the necklace back and he gets drugged. He gets knocked out. She leaves. And in that that's all you hear of this guy. Like, like you, you never you never hear of him again. Like you never not even a nod or a mention to, um, you know, even when the marshal catches her at one time saying, hey, you know, that husband of yours, he he he. He he went looking for you for a while, and uh, but he was never able to find you. So not even a, I mean, you think about it. You 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 chose to spend your life with somebody who tells you this obscure story that they're a fugitive, but yet there's never a mention again about him even checking into it or anything like that. I just I kind of felt like the Baxter was a little up and ended, and we never got a resolution on that front. Or is that just me? No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I feel like that was something we could have used some more information about. Yeah, I mean, he, he being a cop, he would have access to databases. Like, you have to assume he in some way would try to to get some more, at least find out who she was, why she was on the run. Like, I can't imagine he he just moved on with his life, you know, after this. But yeah, we, ne- we never get that information, and that's kind yeah. of a shame. I would have liked to see him come back. You know, they could have incorporated, like, maybe in the season four flash forwards. That would be when I would think he could, you know, yeah. he would see her on the news. Like, oh, you're, yeah, figure out who you are. You're Kate Austin. And, like, try to get in touch with her. That could have been a story. I know they had, a, you know, they basically put, you know, Kate's story became so much about Aaron that I think that uh, a lot of her stuff it was basically between like her mom and, and Aaron and Jack. Like there was not a lot of room there, but yeah, like could he have like, maybe reached out to her? That would have been interesting. It's actually a really sad ending when she drugs him. Like, yes. you could, like he, I mean, she is being in that moment, very genuine and open and she loves, tell him. she loves him. He loves her and they're having this conversation and then he collapses. And it's, it's really sad. You feel, I mean, it's like a betrayal, you know, so. There's a couple tough emotional scenes there. I I mean, we talked about the Marshall scene. I thought that was a pretty cool scene, you know, the hard rain coming down and all that. 
where does this take place? I always think, is it like Oklahoma? It will, is that just like something I... Miami Dale. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was Oklahoma. It was, it was, it was Miami Dale. I don't know where that's at. Like, what the heck does that even mean? Uh, because I saw I saw it in his police car. Um, oh, but is I think it's it, is it Dade Dade County in Miami? I, I think yeah. Uh, um, it's 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 in Florida. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I was yeah, not getting yeah, Florida vibes from that yeah. place. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, you know, the front of the house gave me kind of Florida vibes when she's kind of leaning against the post and he's getting his police car to leave. But, yeah, it, it, it was Miami-Dade in Florida um, is where he was at. So, I mean, you think she had come from, you know, she went, you know, she came from Texas and she made it all the way to Florida. <laughs> so, I mean, she, she's uh, moving around the country quite a bit. So, uh, I mean... Uh, uh, go ahead, Stephen. I was gonna say, uh, you know, another part of the flashback we should probably mention is, is the scene with um, Kevin's mom. Obviously, yes. Kate has such a rough relationship with her mom. You know, certainly not one of my favorite characters, but it was just—I mean, you could feel for Kate in just how nice this woman was being to her. You know, basically saying that it's the the da- she's the daughter she never had when she just had had boys and and you know you really sensed that that relationship meant something to kate something she hadn't had so that was another you know obviously the way she left kevin was sad and and you know how the effect that would have had on his mom you know is another sad part of that story yeah yeah i I really like that scene that was a good scene you i mean you felt uh (laughs) It was. It's also kind of painful to watch because you're like, ah, oh, man, I know, uh, I know, Kate is gonna <laughs> break everyone's heart here. Yep. Well, she's a natural born runner, and what um, if, yeah. What about when Kate flips the switch? This is always a classic, like Kate flashback when she reveals like her real name or whatever. Like, <clears throat> my name's not Annie, and, and this one it's Monica. That's the moment where it probably feels like a betrayal to the other person, especially. Like, my name's not Monica. And the look on Nathan Fillion's face is like, oh, what? Well, 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 you think, though, this is this is all he's known for, what, six months now? So they've been married for six months. And um, and it, it's just, at least at least that's, that's, that's how I took it. Because he said, you know... I promised you, you know, six months ago we'd have a honeymoon, or or it's taken six months to get to this honeymoon. So I'm just assuming the marriage has been six months now, and um, so for six months she's had Taco Tuesdays, and uh, she she just can't do it anymore. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> uh, all right, so. We, we, we kind of butchered out the, the Kate backstory a little bit. We, we can um, in this episode. It, it was a good one. It's a sad one, but I think it's a good one. I think it's sad because you see a lot of genuine feelings between Kate um, and, and, and the cop, and you just you see a lot of genuineness that she really desperately loves this guy. And, you know, she just she could not stay put. And I think that's what that's what hurt her in this one. So, as we can kind of continue just a little bit, um, 
instead of talking about Kate on Hydra Island and her new uh, and her new special friend, let's go ahead and go through like the really quick part of the the Losties camp. We get like a quick middle of the episode scene with the Losties with. Uh, with Locke and Echo and Saeed and all them, and uh, our famous uh, Nikki and Paolo. Uh, what did you guys think about this scene? Well, I like how like little screen time Nikki and Paolo actually get in these scenes. <laughs> like They're almost like edited out of it. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> but Mike, you, um, I mean, sorry, Stephen, you look like you had a more uh, serious take. <laughs> no, no I, I just thought it was kind of weird. I mean... I assume Locke didn't want to bury Echo at the camp. He's, you know, he's basically said that the the camp couldn't handle any more funerals. But I thought it was weird. I mean, I know Echo hadn't been one of them for a long time, but he was on their plane. He was a survivor. His other two friends are buried there at the camp. I thought it was kind of weird to just bury him out here in the jungle rather than with the camp. I. I, I don't really follow Locke's reasoning there. I well, I I think there was part of the reason that nobody really probably knew Echo in camp, but I think another reason could have been because they just lost Jack, Sawyer, Kate, and and the hatch blew up, and they were already dealing with losing people, and I think maybe he didn't want to bring another death into the camp, and people would think, oh, man, we've lost somebody else, you know, and I, I that that's my assumption was. Yeah. So... I, I kind of understand it. Also, uh, Libby and Ana Lucia were, you know, murdered in cold blood. Probably like what, like a week, weeks time before this, or a couple weeks. Probably, yeah, no, probably like. So, it's very fresh. I mean, I do get uh, what you're saying, Stephen. <laughs> Part of it, I think, is Locke is like ready to get to business on his next uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> next thing. So they're like, oh, let's not take him back. It'll be a lot of, a lot of big, big, long process. I don't know. Locke, you know, Locke has these, you know, sometimes he tries, to, he can act like a pretty good leader at times, but then he also, you know, manipulates people with withholding information and lying. I mean, he gets kind of called out uh, by Saeed here in this episode. So it is a little odd, but... It's a cool visually. It's cool, like where they bury him, and then seeing you know the the words on the on the staff there is a pretty cool moment. I, I I did say on my notes though that I do like how Locke lied about how Echo died. I think it'd be easier to digest to tell the people he was killed by a polar bear because everybody knew there was a polar bear, rather than sit there and say, yeah, there was this giant pillar of smoke, and it just came out and just started beating uh, beating Echo to death. Uh, it'd be much easier to believe, I guess, a polar bear. <laughs> yeah, and it leads but, to a really cool conversation about the monster. What were you saying? I said, they didn't actually see the smoke monster kill him. So, I mean, Locke knows about the smoke monster from his encounters, but, but, but they, none of them actually saw what happened they, to Echo. But they heard the smoke monster. That's why they started running yeah. that direction. And I well, and Locke had already talked to Echo about how he saw the smoke monster. Like they were Echo, they were discussing it. So I think he knew that the smoke monster was on the prowl for Echo. <laughs> that and because we know that the smoke monster was already inhabiting Locke at the time, he knew that. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Here's my question, though. So Saeed and Locke go, and maybe I just missed this. 
this because I was watching it today. Um, he's like, oh, we're not going back to camp to get shovels, are we? And Locke's like, oh, we are. We're just taking a detour. What? What's the detour? Do we figure... Is it next episode we'll figure it out? Or no, because no, they come back. What was the detour? I don't know. Uh, the, the next thing we see after the detour was him coming back with his stick. So, I mean, it kind of made it seem like they just went to get the stick. But Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. I was like, when does... Because Rousseau comes back in, but when does she... That's not going to be for a few more episodes. She comes back into play, right? Yeah. Just a few more episodes she does. I don't know. Maybe I'm losing so. it. Maybe I'm thinking of season four. Uh, uh, anyways. Okay, that makes sense. You got the, the stick. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I like the funeral scene, and it's cool to see Locke. Like, we now, you know, Locke is, like, full destiny, confident Locke. We've talked about this. He's no longer, like, mopey, sad Locke. And I like that he gives a shout-out to Echo. He's like, Thank you, Echo, for whatever, saving me or te- showing me uh, the right path. But it's definitely, it's also bittersweet because it's like the story moves on so quickly from Echo. It's like, yeah, we get a little bit of wrap up in this episode and then, you know, Echo's in the rear view mirror for the rest of the series. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's really, there's really, there's really nothing you could do about it. And I, and I know, and I know Steven hates it because I know Steven likes <laughs> Echo. Uh, they. There's other characters, though. There's other characters that when they die, they continue having an impact on the story. Even if you can't get the actor back, like you can still keep the character front in mind. You know, in in the and I guess most of his the people he knew on the island were also dead. So that that kind of makes it harder to keep his his story alive. But I mean, you know, Charlie and him had a pretty good connection. Um, Bernard would have had some connection to him, but yeah, it, it is a shame that, that we kind of just move on from Echo from here. Yeah, you're right. Like with with Boone, Shannon, I mean Charlie. Spoiler alert: uh, a lot of characters once they <laughs> die, people keep talking about them and mourning them. Characters on the show, you know, visit their grave. Like nobody really has that relationship besides maybe Charlie with Echo, and just it's just not really revisited much, if if at all. I don't know. Yeah. I agree. But uh, Echo does give us one last uh, good bit of information <laughs> by putting John on his path. Uh, lift your eyes and look north. Good advice. It's a good way to find <laughs> the others. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, we didn't have much for the Losties. Uh, we finished up Kate's flashback. So, let's, uh, let's hit some of the Hydra Island then. Um, do we want to talk about the good stuff, the meat of the episode? Right. So do we want to talk about Kate and Sawyer's interactions and that whole story first, or do you want to talk about the operation? I think we talked about, I think we talked about Kate and Sawyer first, because I think there's some stuff that leads to the problem in the operation. But it's all kind of interconnected. It's like all kind of, I I, I just wanted to, I wanted to say something about the opening is what I was going to first. And we get into Kate after that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, because we've got Jack. I mean, J- here's the thing: Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. They're very. They're all. We finally have an episode that really connects all three of them because they've kind of been doing separate storylines this whole season. And right, dude. I mean, I love 
of the the scene with Jack and Juliet and Ben where he's like, oh yes, yes, yes uh, you should have been operated on yesterday. Like this is growing, blah blah blah. We'll do this, we'll do that. Oh, psych! That's what I would have done if I would have seen. <laughs> now you're gonna die. You're right. And then he swings all the paperwork at the at, and I. I forgot that like there was glass there. I'm like, dude, is he throwing that at Juliet's face? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's glass. Oh, he's playing it. I think he's playing it. I, I think he's trying to play it up in that scene because you because he was trying to play up what whatever Juliet told him. So I think he's trying to play it up still. I, I don't know. I think this is partially just like genuine for Jack. Like, screw, screw you, Ben. Like, kind of screw I mean, Juliet I, too. Like, I don't think I love- Juliet. I love this version of Jack, though. Like, I, I, I love it when he gets, you know, a little, you know, a little s- smart ass to him. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I like this Jack, and we, we see him that sometimes with Sawyer in the past. But um, yeah, I like, I like, you know, the when I want the guns, I'll get the guns. Kind of, I like Jack with a little bit of swagger to him. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think. It, at least that uh, Juliet, I think she had a little concern about whether he was going to go along with her plan at this point or whether, you know, she was really going to be, you know, whether he was going to go against her and maybe tell Ben what she had said. Because uh, to me, I got a little sense of fear out of her when he was acting like that. Just not really sure what he was doing at that point. Well, frankly, I, I think Jack does not want to go along with her plan because that could only be worse for him. He tries to save him, lets him die on the table. Like, that's not going to look good for Jack. They're probably going to, you know, they might kill him uh, anyway. So I think he's like, hey, Juliet's looking out for her self-interest and I don't trust her. I'm going to look out for mine. And, okay, I mean, Jack's plan is just like, to say, you know, that's tough. I'm not going to do the surgery uh and i mean sawyer agrees with them it's interesting you know kate is the one who definitely makes him gets him to do it but she's the only one who thinks he should i mean sawyer's like whatever like they're probably bluffing they're not going to kill me or if they do that's fine (laughs) they they really don't want jack to do the surgery sawyer and jack yeah yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing else I can really expound upon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good plan. So, but okay. yeah, I think that Jack doesn't know what he doesn't really have a plan, but he comes up with a good plan here. Uh, so, where do we pick up with with Kate? What was it? What were they going to do? They were going to separate them, right? Yeah, they, they came in to give, and they said they were giving Sawyer a day off. And then, you know, Kate says, no, you know, we're a team. And I, I don't know, uh, what do you guys think her motivation was there? Do you think she was just afraid of what would happen if they did separate them? Or what do you think Kate was up to there? Yeah, I think she thought they were going to kill him or beat him up. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not want Sawyer obviously he's out for vengeance so he wants to kill sawyer yes <laughs> yeah i think i th- i I, th- I think kate genuinely 
genuinely cared for Sawyer. Um, and, and, and I think that's evident. Of course, we know it shifts as the season goes, but I think, I think she genuinely cared for Sawyer in this moment. And, um, and, and because if you think they're both, they're both the exact same kind of character, you know, you have Kate who's always running from something and Sawyer's always running to something. So they're both running, but in this moment, you see Sawyer break down, and Sawyer's no longer running anymore. He's just told up to, you know, if I'm going to die, shoo, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, I'm done running. I'm done fighting. Um, Kate's not done fighting yet. So I, th- I think she genuinely cared for Sawyer, personally. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I th- yeah, definitely. Yeah, th- this was like the the culmination of all the... They, they, you know, they call it what skate the Sawyer and Kate tension that's, you know, been going been going on for a couple seasons now. You know, we finally get the the the, the hookup here, um, and you know, they both kind of confess their love in in you know in their own Kate and Sawyer way. So I mean, th- this obviously sparked a lot of discussion. You know, back when this episode aired, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for this to happen, and it did. Um, and then we get a nice, you know, break after this episode. You know, when they, uh, you know, they aired these first six, and then the next part. So they kind of left. You know, Sawyer and Kate finally got together um, before, you know, things turned south pretty quickly here yeah skate and bad skate and there's uh or maybe just the whole the whole uh um <clears throat> uh, love triangle in general like there's good parts there's bad parts i mean a lot of people are not into love triangles i know evangeline Lilly has probably had enough of them in her career but if you're gonna do it like this is when it's at its best where I mean, you've got Jack actually watching them on the screen, you know, and I mean, you, I mean, you even have Ben acknowledging it. Ben says, "Huh, I, I would have thought she chose you." Uh, just kind of rubbing it in there. So, <laughs> oh, he's so arrogant and smug. I, I hated it. It was, it was so good though. It really was. Yeah, love so, triangles so, can be annoying, but they have their high <laughs> moments, and this is one of them. So we're all in agreement that Ben definitely let that happen so that he could show it to Jack on the monitors. We I think this was part of his oh, uh, 100%. Plan, plan to, to uh, convince Jack to do the surgery. Oh, uh, I, I, 100%. A matter of fact, I'll go a step further. You ready for this? I'll go a step further and say that Ben purposely left his x-rays for Jack to see them. I really believe that it was a plan... The entire time. I don't think it was, oops, you know, I, I can't believe my x-rays were left out. I, I think it's a crap excuse. I think that he played it up as if he was mad at Juliet about it and told Jack, oh, my, I had a whole plan and it broke and, and, and we were going to break you and that kind of thing. And he set up Kate and Sawyer so that they could, they could, they could get it on in the, in, in the polar bear cages so that Jack would see it. And, Ben is too manipulative and too organized to just say, oops, I left my x-rays, or my x-rays were left out. I think he's playing it from the entire beginning. I think he had Jack play right to his hand, except he didn't expect Jack to 
slip his kidney a little bit. Um, the yeah. the only part I can't think of is it, or rationalize is if Juliet was in on it with Ben, or if Juliet genuinely wanted Jack to kill Ben. Well, that that was my question. Like I I like your your theory there. Um, yeah, I guess my only question is that there did seem to be some tension between Ben and Juliet about the fact that he had seen the actress. So, you know, maybe Ben did leave him out there on purpose, but it would seem like Juliet at least wasn't it wasn't part of that part of the plan, if that was the case. I think she wouldn't. I think he had played his cards close to the chest on that one. Um, I saw something like that the other day. Uh, oh, so... At, I'm watching the show 911 and um, 911 Lone Star as well. And in there, you know, they, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the last couple of weeks, but something was done and the people closest to them were completely left out of the loop for a reason. And it never would have worked if those people were, were in the loop. And I think that may be what, what could have happened on this one is that he didn't tell Juliet because he wanted a genuine reaction from Juliet. Um,. And and so I think it was a play from the beginning. Oh, I'll just say this: uh, the heck of a long con, Doc. <laughs> hey, he 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 said. He, I mean, he even told Sawyer. You know, I, you know, I, in a way, I'm a better con man than you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and this because this this was this was a long con. So yeah, no, yeah, I I mean, I don't put it past Ben. Ben is everything he does. I definitely think he let jack out except didn't it sound like that was alex's voice on the the radio intercom it did i want more information about this speaker because we have we've heard voices from other parts of the island we've heard voices from jack's past we like there's a lot going on with that speaker and we never get any explanation of What's going on? Is it all in Jack's head? Is it stuff Ben is feeding through there? We, we never get an answer of what's going on with that speaker. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that in this episode, too. I, I think it could just be, you know, um, audio bouncing around. And I think it all goes back to, you know, Hurley wanting to borrow or Hurley finding their radio and Saeed fixing it. And they find a station. Um, it's all it's all the ionosphere. It's, it's the ionosphere's fault. Dang it. All right, you guys so, are losing me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, something else we're not losing then on. Um, I, I So let's talk about Sawyer then. So Sawyer has just given up. Sawyer realizes he's not getting off the island. Sawyer realizes that... You know he he's he's gonna die and and he just doesn't care because he look but he looks so pathetic when he's flinging that pick ham pickaxe and hitting the rocks he's just he looks just so pathetic like he's just done with everything and uh, it, it it was depressing to watch him to see because he was broken yeah I mean we, we hear. Go ahead. He, I was going to say, he started the episode just by throwing rocks against the freaking uh, machine, you know, and uh, he's just, he's down in the dumps. And I was just going to say that, that you know, this, that was Ben's plan when he did the whole pacemaker bunny hike. 
you know, thing a couple episodes, and it worked. You know, he he broke Sawyer down. Sawyer's no longer, you know, believing he has a chance for escape. Um, you know, it was really kind of hard to hear when he told Kate, you know, like, I, I just wanted you to think we had a damn chance, you know. Um, so, 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 yeah, Sawyer thought they were just stuck. And uh, he obviously didn't want Kate to feel that way, too. So I thought that was a nice moment between them. But, yeah, Ben had definitely broken Sawyer by this point. And Pickett. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I do agree with that. I think that he had been broken. Um, but he still, had a little, he still had a little fight left in him, though. Up in, until they had Kate at gunpoint, you know, he was still fighting when, you know, he had, he had a gun at Danny's head and... You know, they 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 switched it around on him when they caught Kate, but and, well, and you know, go ahead, uh, Corey. Well, I was just gonna take us back to um, the 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 work, the scene where they're working on the runway when they have uh, when Juliet comes and takes Kate away. Yeah, put the bag over your head like that. Uh, <laughs> we've got like the love uh, quad going on, uh, you know, square. We got Juliet in there too, Sawyer. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's like classic Juliet intensity. And Kate's like, "What if I? What if I don't?" And um, yeah, what'd you guys think about that whole sequence, or or do you want to talk about the scene after that? Well, I'm a, I'm a little ticked that Kate could just leave it alone because Sawyer had the day off and. And now, because she opened her mouth, because they were a team, she he had to go to work. That's what I'm mad about. Oh, crap. I almost really buried the star of the episode, uh, skipping over the scene. We have the amazing, the talented Alex with the slingshot coming in, try, <laughs> trying to save the day. What do you guys think of that? I mean, she takes out, like, three or four guys with the slingshot. Like, really? Do they, like, get... Knocked out? <laughs> I I like Alex, but I gotta say, I, what was her plan here? Like, how did she possibly think this was gonna end? Like, did she just think because Ben is her, you know, dad that that nobody will do anything to her? Because, I mean, she's going against lots of people with guns. She's not gonna take them all out with her slingshot. I mean, she gave it a valiant effort. But, you know, she's obviously hurt because she thinks they, they've harmed Carl. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how she thought this was going to end well. Well, she's a teenager too. Yeah, they, so. they try to play that. I mean, she's <laughs> definitely not a teenager, but I mean, her character is a teenager. Right. Yes, you're right. Another question is, like, why, Ben is her, you know, surrogate dad here, as we learn. Why, why aren't, isn't she able to talk to him? Like... It seems like she's on the Hydra Island with them. Like, are they keeping her away from Ben? Like, I can't imagine Ben wanting that, especially, you know, he asked before he goes into his surgery if she has asked about him. Um, what's going on with, with Ben and Alex here? Uh, they've got issues. What's going on? <laughs> We're going to see some of them issues you know, uh, she's, later on. She's a teenager. She's in love with Carl, and Ben Carl. is in love with deceiving and manipulating people and <laughs> needs a surgery but uh okay i, I don't want us to have run out of time for the last couple scenes so i was gonna say what about when we finally get kate and jack's reunion 
it's, it's like it's sweet <laughs> and it's heartbreaking and the whole thing is intense don't you guys think it's it's good it's it's really good to me how they interact up until i don't like how jack reacts when kate you know says that they're gonna hurt sawyer and he, i mean obviously jack realizes jack's jealous that, that, yeah that's what like i don't like jack's reaction here because i think he's mad that he knows they're using her to get to him and i think maybe he's mad that she's letting letting it work um but yeah, it seems like I mean he cares about Sawyer too. Like he doesn't want Sawyer to die. So I don't like how he just said take her away. You know, once she once she told him that you know you got to do the surgery or they're going to kill Sawyer. I I did not like his reaction there. But I mean he makes up for it a little bit when obviously he has a plan to to help right. Kate and Sawyer. But but in, in this moment, I I didn't like the turn that that took. I mean, it, it's kind of heart wrenching. I'm not going to say I like it, but it definitely makes for uh, you know some good drama there because you're like, dang, like that's uh, that's rough. But he's mad. He's he's pretty. He's like he's furious that because um, he's got his own plan and this is going to be used against him. And like, how can he say no? And he's he's angry. Yeah, he's angry at Kate that she would even ask him. Like, you know, she. I think she. He wants her to like resist. Like. If they all just kind of resist, then what are they going to do? I think that's Jack's plan. Um, I, so, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I'm still under the impression that the reason <clears throat> he was upset about it was not as much as, as that he wanted her to resist, as much as he can tell in her eyes that she has a thing for Kate and... He he really has a thing for Kate, but yet Sawyer's but Kate has a thing for Sawyer, and it kind of bothers him. So I think there's some love issue going on in that one too. Yeah, and I think maybe he's more angry at Ben and Juliet than he is. I mean, he's not really as angry at Kate. I think right. he's trying to stick it to Ben. Like this isn't going to work. Like you can't just use her against me. And yeah, credit Jack. He's trying to fight back. In a, in, a, in a smarter way, it is sad to, like, watch that scene with Jack and Kate. Yeah. It, you know, so, and then he breaks, that's when, so after that is when he, he sees them, you know, Kate is, there's uh, chances, and, uh, what is it, Pickett says, uh, you know, if you got anything you want to say to your lady, um, Better say be- it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And they said a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we, should we talk about the like the the scene that you know, you know uh, cage cage loving? I mean, that's right. This is uh, you know I've had mixed feelings with the scene over the years, but uh, you know now it's just it's one of those. I don't know. It's is it iconic? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I think it is one of the iconic moments in the show where you see them finally. You know, because you, you, if I, I mean, think about this a second. For for what three seasons now, they have been teasing this relationship with with Kate and Sawyer for three seasons. Yeah, and 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 now you're getting that payoff of them being together. Like him or hate him, you're getting that payoff now. 
Yeah. So I think I, I think it's a very pivotal moment because I think it 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 sets up a lot of other things as far as the Sawyer Kate relationship. You you know you you have the Jack Kate relationship deals with it. Um, but um, but yeah, I I think it's an icon- iconic moment in the series. Yeah, I, I remember this being, you know, 10 plus 15 years ago. I thought this was a lot more uh, hot and heavy and uh, explicit at the time. Watching this now, now that like HBO and Netflix, like all streaming services, like show so much nudity and stuff. I was like, oh, this is actually like pretty tamed compared to yeah. the stuff on like today's TV. Like I, I remember this being a lot like pretty uh you know tv 14 back then yeah i mean this was like the sexiest like wait whoa like oh mom i'm not watching that it's just just one scene i'm sorry (laughs) Mm -hmm. i feel like people awkwardly walked in when i was watching this uh, episode uh at one point (laughs) but but yeah you know i think you know that is like kind of a, a lustful moment but it's also like a really like tender moment too because like yeah they think they're gonna die possibly or sawyer's gonna die and they're um, you know what? What does Sawyer say? You know, he's like, "Hey, you know, did you really mean that you loved me?" And uh, he says, "You know, I love you too." So it's a, uh, it's a nice moment for sure. Yeah. All if right. Skate. If you're a skate stan, you love it. Right, but uh, if you're a Jade fan, you hate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does make. It takes takes a little. Uh, well, they go to commercial break. Then they come back. Probably wise move. And then they see. Then Jack sees them in the camera. Versus like in Game of Thrones when they had that stupid scene of like Danny and uh, no spoiler, but they like were cutting to some sort of flashback that just like ruined the romance of the scene. If you know a scene, I'm talking. <laughs> no, I've never saw Game of Thrones. Uh, season yeah, yeah, it's uh, season seven. I think was that scene. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, uh, back to Kate and all, all of them. So Jack is in the surgery with Juliet, and when he's when nobody's looking, he 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 nicks the kidney, and uh, and and pretty much says he's got an hour left to live. Uh, give the microphone to probably poor 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 Mister Friendly. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he looks so in shock. He's like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> He's just confused. I don't know. I I just love his character for some reason. I really do. Uh, but but go ahead. He he does so many bad things to our people, but you still like him. Like something right. about him is just likable, like even though he kidnaps babies. He like. But that it, was only the bearded guy. When he has the oh, beard, he's that, a nice. He's a different guy. It's like it's like Negan. You 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 hate the guy, but you love the guy as the villain of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, uh, but we we, we we have our, our fun game of of catch with Jack coming up playing football. Oh and, yeah. I mean, how can you not like that guy? Oh uh, yeah. It's like it's like it's like Tom Brady throwing to to Tony Brown right now. They're both, they're both exactly exactly the spell. same situation. Exactly. Mr. Yes. Friendly Mr. Friendly was waiting like 20 years for someone to throw the football with him and he finally got someone to do it. I just picture that back. I just picture that conversation, Ben. You want to go throw a football? No, Tom. 
Go do something else. I don't want to throw yeah. a stupid football. <laughs> and then he and then he finally finds Ethan, and Ethan throw a football to him, and Ethan goes off and gets killed. He's like, dang it! <laughs> Back to square one. <laughs> oh no! So he comes down. He gives Jack the Jack, Jack the uh, the walkie, and then Pickett answers uh, over at Sawyer. Saves Sawyer's life, and um, he says, "Look, Kate, you got about an hour head start." Uh, before, before you, you know, before things, th- things go south, the, you, know, you got to run. I'm not leaving without you, Jack. Run, Kate. I'm not leaving without you, Jack. That okay? That scene could have been cut about in half, um, because she told him no so many times. Um, but uh, but other than that, he finally, you know, like he cliffhangered it. You know, he said, "Kate, run," <laughs> and that's where it ends off. Classic. That I mean, that's an iconic line right there. Kate, damn it, run! It's, yeah. it's, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it really was a good cliffhanger. I mean, th- this is the again they 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 showed these first six episodes, then they had a couple month break, um, and this was really an intense place to leave it off. And I, I think they did a really good job with that. Um, it works as you know, it works well still. I think. Oh, I, yeah, I love the end of this episode. I was watching my little time thing while I was watching the episode. I was like, this is the episode where Kate gets to, you know, you know, Jack yells at and she runs away at the end. I'm like, wow, the time's really, like, there's not a lot of time left. And I was thinking about everything that had to happen in, like, the last 20 minutes of the of the episode. But, man, the last 20, uh, 20, 15 minutes of this episode is just, like, jam-packed with tons yes. of stuff. Like, all the yeah. important scenes. You know, you get the love scene, the... The reunion with Jack and Kate, and, the, and then the, this final sequence, which, uh, you know, has a pretty intense, like, r- rainy fight scene going on outside, too, with Kate and uh, uh, Sawyer and the others, where Kate's like, no, don't, don't give in! And again, Sawyer has to give up, you know, because he doesn't want Kate to get shot, and uh, he gets the crap beaten out of him one more time. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, is, is that it before we go to our rating? Well, there there was one scene we didn't mention that I think we probably should. Um, when Jack starts the surgery, um, someone leaves the the operating room. Uh, Pickett goes off to to kill Sawyer and, and said kind of an important line there. We hear Jacob for the first time. Oh uh, yes. Shepard wasn't even on Jacob's list, which first off is a lie. Um, but it, it's the first time we we hear Jacob, which is obviously a big, you know, in game part of this show. So I think I think that's pretty significant. Yeah, we're about. Like, I think we said last episode we're we're getting or uh, recently we're getting close to like the mid series point which is not at the end of season three, it's somewhere in the middle of this season, you know, of total episodes. Right. Uh, and now Jacob has been alluded to, so that's good. It'll be important. <laughs> he will. <laughs> we didn't even know he exists. I mean, I thought he was didn't exist for the longest time. I thought it was a sham. You know, there's no real Jacob. But uh, there is, so. Yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool moment. And uh, pick it. Oh man, I'm uh, I'm ready for. <laughs> I'm sick of you so much, man. <laughs> Everybody hates Pickett. <laughs> he's got a bad rap. He just lost his wife on the show. He's yeah. He's, well, he's hurting. 
I didn't really care for her either, so. <laughs> oh, dang. You know, we, we really didn't see very much of her. So, you know, when he goes and he's holding Sawyer at gunpoint there, and like, this is for Colleen. And, and we're like, oh, that was her name? It was Colleen? You know? <laughs> I can well. picture Sawyer saying something like that, too. Wait, what was her name again? I thought it was Beth. <laughs> Not to rain on his parade, but uh, they'll, have, uh, they'll have all of eternity to spend with each other. Ooh. Alright, we don't have any deaths this week, though, do we? No, no, not this week. Not this week. Uh, So, uh, Corey, how are we rating this this episode this time? Yes, Uh, but we do have a 23-point rating system where we rate things uh, based on something from the episode. So this week we're going to be rating uh, the episode between 1 and 23 slingshot attacks. Just because uh, this is how often you get a slingshot attack. Very well orchestrated. Uh, uh, what do you got? Uh, 20 out of 23 slingshot attacks. 20 uh, out of 23. It, it, it's a good one. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it, uh, it had some unusual moments, but I think you have a lot more movement and character growth as well as some enough reveals to keep it going and uh it, it, it episodes are always good to me when you when you can um when you when you can make me feel feel bad for kate not not staying with the cop so and and it's got nathan philly in it so i'm okay with that too oh <sighs> so yeah funny. all right 20 nice okay mike is back up for easier a couple uh, there you're pretty low on so yeah um, back in Mike's good graces. That's good. Steven, what about you? Uh, I gave this one 19 out of 23, mm. <clears throat> which was honestly higher than I expected to give it. You know, this is one yeah. that I don't remember liking that much. And it, it was a very good episode. Really good cliffhanger. I, pretty good episode. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're, we're actually all about the same on this one, which is kind of rare that we're uh, in lockstep together. Uh, I'm gonna go 20 out of 23 slingshot attacks. Yeah, this. I just to review what I said last uh, last episode. I said this may be the best Kate episode, and I came away from it going like, it could be. I but I don't really remember. There's a really her season five episode is really good as well, but yeah. uh, this one is up there. It's not as much of a character focus though. Kate has some good moments. This is like an action episode. The plot really moves forward. It has a great cliffhanger. Like I don't mean like action as in like fighting, but I mean like like a lot happens, um, right? Action wise in the story. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a really good episode. It's not like a mind blowing reveal. It's not like Man Behind a Curtain or anything crazy. Uh, there's not a crazy twist, but it's just a really solid episode. Good, I agree. All right, send, send us out, Stephen. What are we ending on? All right. Um, we didn't really have anything in our unanswered questions um, segment this, this time. Um, Sawyer's name dictionary, we, we had him call Kate Honey. Mm-hmm. Had him call Pickett Blockhead. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we got a little, uh, we got a few freckles here. We got four freckle instances, so... That puts us uh, up to 23 freckles so far in the series. 
That's uh, a lot of freckle action. There's a lot of twenty three. <laughs> there's there's a lot of extra action too, but you that's know like a, that's like a fifth of the freckle action right there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, show your head an up close view of the freckles this episode. Whoa! Really on his mind. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen crossing that borderline. PG PG thirteen podcast here. He's getting no. <laughs> the podcast fourteen is that a ranking? A rating? I don't know. <laughs> it is now. Uh, <laughs> all right, pop culture connections. Um, the song "Slowly" by Anne Margaret is heard at Kate's hotel room. Yeah, you, um, you, you mentioned that earlier. I, yeah, you know, I, I still think it's weird. Like, we didn't have any Patsy Cline this episode, and I thought we had Patsy Cline in every um, Kate episode, so I don't know why we didn't this time. Um, yeah, that's why. The, it's, that's why it's such a good episode. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, just yeah. kidding. Sorry, Patsy Cline. <laughs> Um, we had the wedding march. Um, Kate has a traditional Christian wedding in which this march by Felix Mendelssohn is played. Um, of course, on Mr. Echo's stick, we had some Bible verses uh, yeah. inscribed John 3, 5, which um, John Locke took to mean as talking to himself, but it was actually from the book of John. Um, this passage of the Bible includes a quote to Jesus. It says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he is born of water and the spirit. Mm. Um, oh, and uh, Kevin, uh, down in Miami-Dade County, is wearing a Miami Heat t-shirt um, for their basketball team. And then <laughs> and then the uh, the song Daydream Believer by the Monkees uh, was... A Muzak version um, is heard when Kate is in the grocery store. Nice. Well, uh, usually this song I, I start uh, right when I'm about to kick off Taco Tuesday. I play a little, little monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, wear my Miami Heat shirt uh, from the 90s. Are you sure it's not Oklahoma? I thought it was Oklahoma. Just kidding. (laughs) I don't know where I got that from. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, our next episode is actually a really good episode. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's our first Juliet-centric episode called Not in Portland. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit about how Juliet got to the island. Uh, We're going to, let's see, Nestor Carbonell is going to be in the next episode, finally. And uh, so we're excited to see Richard Alpert finally make his appearance uh, in the show. Um, we're, you know, you mentioned Alex Rousseau. Alex Rousseau is going to be back um, in the show too, um, or Alex is. And uh, but it, look, it, it's going to be Carl. a good Carl with some funky glasses, and uh, we're and and it's going it, it's 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 a good episode. Not in Portland is. I think season three is one of my favorite seasons of the entire show. Um, so I'm excited about not in Portland here next time we record, especially Juliet. She is, she's one of my favorite female, uh, characters on this show. Yeah. It's basically, it's like, it's a straight continuation of this episode. It's like all the action and like pace that we just, that they kind of brought at the end of this episode, like that pace continues through the whole thing. So it's a a good one. there, There was like a two month hiatus. Two, two and a half month hiatus between this episode, I know Steven mentioned earlier, and the next episode that we're going to see. And uh, so you had all winter long to kind of simmer down on this thing. 
<laughs> yeah, and th- there's actually there's a special cameo too. We'll talk about that. Uh, that's fun. Booyah! So, luckily, you don't have to wait two months for the podcast, though. It'll be back. That's right. Only <laughs> just only two only two weeks. But you know what, guys? If you can't get enough of us, always join us in our Richard's App Discord so you can talk about uh, this episode before that two month mark. And uh, so, anyways, hey guys, this has been great. This has been wonderful. And I uh, can't wait to talk about not in Portland next time. Uh, but until then, it's been uh, – have a good one. Be safe. Good luck. And see you next time on the island, everybody. Later. Have a good one.